Hey, let's get started with the Minnesota goodbye. We're going to cover everything, um, different aspects about uh, staying home and dealing with anxiety and stress. I got some tips for you, got some experiences and some stories and a couple of laughs in here too as we all work to get through this together because you know why? We have to because there's no other choice. So we will plunge ahead. We will forge forward and one of the little tiny things that I can do to help you through this is distract you with this here podcast right here. So let's get started this week on Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything. You know, it kind of feels like the old days because on Sunday afternoons, back when Carson was home from college, I would come up to do the uh, podcast in the guest room and he would be on his drums about um, uh, right below me in the basement. And uh, right now at this point, he is in the basement playing his drums and he agreed to go on a walk with me a little bit later on. So let's talk about going for a walk because this is one of the balms. This is one of the salves, balms is a better word, um, to make you feel better and less anxious. And it's one of the things that we are still allowed to do. So I went for a three-mile walk yesterday, probably about a four-mile walk, I think, on Friday, maybe Thursday. can't remember the exact day. And it was great. I went to Carver Park Reserve. And if you are lucky enough to live in the southwest corner of the Twin Cities, go to Carver Park Reserve and get lost on the, the King Trail. King Trail is about a three-mile loop, and not many people go out that far because it goes out a ways. But it is gorgeous. It's hilly. There's water. There's waterfalls. There's scenery. There's um, a tree that was chewed down by a beaver. Go outside. And I was talking to a woman on Twitter earlier this morning, and she had posted something like, you know, I tried everything. I tried baking. I tried cleaning. I tried reading, and my anxiety would not go away. So I took your advice, Dave, and I went out for a walk, and it really helped. And I said, good, good for you. And um, I think it'll help you too. So if you, gone, if you haven't gone for a walk yet, do that. Exercise. Try to find something that's going to keep your mind off of the, the horrible news that we're getting. Um, I asked people on Facebook, I said, you know, what are you doing? The, you know, besides drinking and popping clonopin, what are you doing to, to keep the stress away and the anxiety away? And um, we'll actually get to the clonopin and the drinking in a minute. And believe me, there's something to cover on that one, too. Um, so I'm going to read you some random um, messages on Facebook. Megan says, exercise. Even with the gyms closed, you can still get a great workout at home. I've been telling everyone to do box breathing. Not only does it reduce cortisol, but it strengthens your lungs. Go for a 20-minute walk. Set a timer so you know you can do it. Fresh air, sunshine when it's there, and movements are the great stress reducers. That I think is true. Uh, another one, binge watching old TV shows, reading, journaling, limiting social media is a really good one. Almost every post has something to do with the virus, and I know it's a huge deal, but I'm tired of hearing about it all day long. Gina says, writing in my journal, it feels good to get an anxious, nervous thought down on paper. Close it and move on with my day. Plus, it'll be interesting to read later on to see where this exactly goes. Uh, then I go for a nice long run in nature. Crafting, says Emily. Um, yoga, says Kate. Listen to music, drawing, coloring, watching shows, and uh, cooking or baking. Amy says, exercise. I believe Peloton and Beachbody are both offering their apps for a short time for free. I'm sure others will as well. Don't you think it's cool how like different companies or whatever have stepped up to help us? I mean, Disney Plus, which usually loves to pick our pockets every chance they get, 
uh, has released some movies or whatever. I'm not a big Disney person, so I haven't paid a lot of attention. Hallmark is showing everybody's favorite Christmas movies, and KDWB is doing uh, an oldies throwback weekend. And uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be over, I'm sure. But we're all playing Don't Stop Believing today at 5 o'clock. We're playing that on KWB because some people from St. Paul reached out and said, will you play Don't Stop Believing at 5 o'clock on Sunday? And we looked around. We said, well, yeah, absolutely. Sure, why not? Kelly says hiking, hands down, fresh air, sunshine, uh, social distancing, and exercise. Exercise is a lot of good, uh, you know, comes in a lot. Um, for advice, playing guitar, a uh, glass of wine. Now, let's stop with the glass of wine here because I absolutely agree. A glass of wine is a great thing. It'll calm your nerves. It'll like, you know, just, it calms you down. We all know that. But I, I actually posted something on my blog page, Dave Ryan Show, or I'm on DaveRyanShow.com under my blog, about being careful about drinking too much during this because, yes, my God, there's something about alcohol uh, that just calms you down. It just does. It has ever since its discovery. But that can be a very, very slippery slope and can become very dangerous. Um, <clears throat> the problem with drinking alcohol during this crisis is this is not a heartbreak that's going to go away in a week. This is not the loss of a dog. This is not a fight with your husband. This is something that is going to be around for probably quite a long time. So drinking if you were sad because you um, had a car accident and now your insurance rates are going to go up, having a bottle of wine is probably not the worst thing you could do. But a bottle of wine a day because you are dealing with this is not a good idea. So do some of these other things. Go on Dave Ryan on Facebook um, and you can find some other tips on there. I'm going to read an email about another way that we could deal is uh, I got two stories about drugs today. We're just kind of all over the place, but some of these are pretty important. So I want to read this about, um, first of all, I'm going to tell you a story. And I don't know that she was on drugs, but I'm going to guess she probably was. Um, a woman that I know works at a gas station. I don't know her directly, but I heard the story indirectly. Um, she works at a gas station in Monticello. A woman came in this weekend to buy a pack of smokes. And uh, she pays for it. You know, what is a pack of smokes now? Like 10 bucks? I don't know. I don't smoke anymore. And she gives her the money on the way out the door. She goes, oh, yeah, you might want to disinfect that because I just got tested positive for the virus. And the clerk is like, she just stood there like, what do I do? What the hell do I do? I, I don't even know what to do. How could somebody be so either ignorant or cruel or careless and thoughtless or somebody that thought that was a funny joke. And we don't know. We don't know whether it was a funny joke in her mind or whether it was true. But I'm going to this is what really pisses me off about our society. And I'm going to sound like, you know, your your grandpa for a second. We are so forgiving of people for being fuck ups that there are more fuck ups in our society than ever because we make excuses for them. Oh, you don't know what they're going through. Oh, my God. Yes, she don't. You you know what? You can't judge her. You don't know what her situation is today. No, I know that if she went in and wittingly gave someone a ten dollar bill um, with the coronavirus possibly on it. That is a bad person. That is just a, either a stupid person or a bad person. But we don't judge those people anymore. We coddle those people and we say, well, you know, we don't know their situation. Fuck that. I'm sorry. Sometimes we just got to make people accountable. If somebody carjacks you and somebody, you know, your baby's in the car, do you stand back there and you go, hmm, you know, I don't know his situation. I don't know his childhood. I don't know his history. Who am I to judge? No, 
Um, that's it, maybe you see where I'm going, maybe you don't, but I don't know. I just couldn't believe that story. Uh, and from what I can tell, it's absolutely true. I don't think it was made up. So let's read the story about Klonopin. Um, uh, let me see if I can find it. One second. Here it is. Um, I talked about Klonopin uh, a week or so ago on the show just briefly because we were talking about anxiety and I made a joke about Klonopin because I've taken Klonopin before, which is an anti-anxiety drug. And uh, you take the half a tablet. I think sometimes I would take a half or a quarter of a tablet and you could actually feel the minute that that would sink into your bloodstream or hit your brain. You would instantly feel that drug kick in. And wow, is it ever effective. And uh, <laughs> I can see how somebody would be tempted, like if you got an old clonopin prescription in your house, to maybe just have one of those. And I do. I've got an old clonopin prescription in my house, but I'm not going to do it because the last thing I need is to go, wow. Oh, man, did that ever do the trick. And then to sit down and relax for a couple of hours and really enjoy it. And then tomorrow decide I want to do another one. So I'm going to read an email. It says, Dave Stephen Fallon. First off, I love your show. I've been listening for probably 20 years. I never contact you, but I have a couple of adult beverages and felt compelled to comment on your discussion about clonopin. I'm a nurse. I also have anxiety, so I'm moderately knowledgeable on the medication. First, it's a benzodiazepine. It is typically used, I hope I said that right, and I'm super proud of myself if I did say benzodiazepine. Uh, it is typically used as needed for anxiety. However, some people do take it daily. It is very addictive, and daily use can be dangerous, much like opioids. People also enjoy using it to get the high because, as Dave said, you can feel it. I didn't really feel a high. I just felt the moment that would kick in. As Fallon and Steve mentioned, there are long-term anxiety medications, basically classified as antidepressants like Prozac. Benzos are used for fast-acting anxiety or for panic attacks. Activan is a benzodiazepine and has been used for seizures, alcohol withdrawal as well. You probably won't read this, but I enjoyed writing it to you. Also, fun fact, the Post Malone song, Better Now, there is a line that said, everything came second to the benzo. He is talking about being addicted to these drugs. Thanks. If you read this again, love you guys. That's from Lisa. Lisa, thank you. I'm not sure if you listen to the podcast, but I'm going to write to her and tell her, hey, we read your email on the podcast this week. So um, another angle. I'm going to lighten the mood for a second here. I saw the funniest damn thing, um, I think, on Friday, and it was a um, video of a guy who's telling the story with his very funny southern accent about a girl who came up into his yard and wanted to make a trade. Find that video on my Instagram, Dave Ryan, KDWB, or find it on my Facebook. And I'll probably, if you know, I don't update the um, Take a Shower page very often because it honestly doesn't get that many, very many visitors, probably because I don't update it very often. But I, if I remember, I'll put it on there. But go find it. It's worth a la It's worth it because it's worth a laugh. It's a, a great laugh. I watched it probably 20 times. Um, and is the story a guy who's standing in his yard telling a story about a girl who came up his driveway and had a trade that she wanted to make. So go check that out. Another email. This is um, from Jen. Uh, and she says, I work in healthcare and recently found out I was exposed to someone who tested positive for the COVID-19 or the coronavirus. I now have to say self-quarantine self until March 27th. She wrote this on the 21st. 
I can leave the house to get essentials and go to the pharmacy if I need it, but that's it. I wanted to tell you guys that I listen to the podcast every day, and it really helps lighten the mood. On the weekends and now during this quarantine, I'll even replay episodes just to have some familiar noise in the background. I never miss the After the Show podcast, and I've been listening to Dave's podcast while getting some good household cleaning done because, like everybody else, I really enjoy hearing Dave say fuck. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for keeping the show going during all of this. You have no idea what an impact you make. Um, That is very sweet, and um, I'm glad you listened, and I will also write her back and let her know. There was one more, if I can find it, if I can just stall and go one sec for a minute um, and I'm not sure anyway I'll find it in a little while because there's nothing worse than hearing a DJ go or a podcast host go um, hold on one second even though I'm still looking um, <clears throat> and I'm still not finding it it was an email basically saying thanks for what you guys do and that's very nice okay uh, other updates my son Carson He finally got it the other day because I had talked about the middle of last week, how he was still having one or two friends come over. And uh, I talked to Stephen Fallon and they said, I'm really kind of I I don't I don't agree with that because Steve said, I've got two kids, six and ten. They're not even allowed to play with the kids across the street. Yet Carson has two friends come over because he wants to. Fallon said, I got Dylan and Dylan is 10 or 12 or 11 and Dylan wants to have friends over. We tell him no. So I told Carson, I said, no more friends, period. And he was pissed. He's been mad at me all weekend. He's been barely speaking to me all weekend, which is sad and really tough because this is, you know, as kids get older, it's our last period of time together. And uh, but that's a whole other story. But he's finally gotten it and he's agreed not to have friends over and he doesn't like it and he's pissed. And I would say probably two thirds of his friends are still hanging out together and going to different friends houses. And I don't agree with that. And I would say one third of his friends, their parents are like me and they're saying, no, you are not going anywhere. Now, I'm not making a judgment. You make your own judgment on what you think the situation should be. But I love all of his friends and I love all his friends' parents. But I don't agree with the ones who are saying, yeah, hang out in small groups. It's too fucking serious. I read an account yesterday about how some people are dying of this. And, and how it's nothing like the flu, and it's a pneumonia that's like no pneumonia that you've ever seen before in your life. Now, obviously, not everybody gets this pneumonia, but this is a pneumonia that you don't want. And I had pneumonia in ninth grade. I had pneumonia and something called scarlatina in ninth grade, and my mom and dad thought I was going to die. And I remember laying in my bedroom and just like kind of out of it. And my dad took me to the hospital in the middle of the night one night, and they didn't have enough beds to put me in, or they refused to, and my dad got pissed. Um, And I went back home, and I slowly recovered. But I remember my friend Mike would call my house, and he said, your mom would answer the phone, and she would sound like somebody just died there. And my mom told me later, she said, we thought we were going to lose you. And I've never really shared that story now that I think about it, but I don't remember it being that serious, maybe because I was the one who was sick. But when I heard my mom say, we thought we were going to lose you, Oh, my God. I mean, and that was just pneumonia. This COVID-19 pneumonia, if it develops in someone, is a whole different kind of pneumonia. Go look it up if you want to. Uh, But trust me when I tell you, you do not want to get this. And I know there's a lot of people who say, hey, it's like a bad flu. Or sometimes it's really mild. Yeah, you know what? If you roll the dice and you get the mild version, then good. But 
there's a lot of young people who aren't getting the mild version. Okay, moving on. Uh, we talked about, um, oh, I know what it's going to talk about. Um, uh, this is just kind of an interesting, interesting observation. And somebody thought, you know, brought this up, and it wasn't me. It's like, this is our World War II. 80 years ago, the you know, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and we could no longer stay out of World War II, you know, we look at back at it and those four or five years that we were in World War II, and we go, well, we got got pretty cleanly on the other side, and I don't know anybody who died. Well, of course you don't know anybody who died because you weren't alive back then. You might have heard of an uncle or a grandpa or a great-grandpa or something like that who died, but you don't know them. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it doesn't affect you. It's so distant in the, in the past. Um, but I think one thing that, that this helps us become aware of is back then they didn't know how the war would end. They didn't know if their son would die or if their brother or father would die in the war. And a lot of men did, some women too, but let's face it, back then men did nearly all the fighting. So when your brother or your son went off to war or your husband back in those days, you didn't know if he was ever going to come home. Can you imagine that now? Uh, can you imagine how we're asking factories to make ventilators Back then, we asked factories to make airplanes and tanks and rifles and ammunition. So it is really our generations and several generations, all of the alive generations, uh, World War II. Because as bad as 9-11 was, it was finite. A day or so after that was over, yeah, it sucked that we couldn't fly, and it sucked that we couldn't do this, and it sucked that we had to you know, take our shoes off at TSA. But it was finite, and it wasn't terrible. This one, we don't know how it will end. So this, just like back in World War II, this is something with so many questions. Who will die? Will someone we know die? Will several people we know die? And then, of course, you can ask yourself, will I make it through this too? And it's a valid question. What about your parents? And there's a lot of young people who go, well, I'm young. And I'm sure that you absolutely have nothing to, well, not absolutely. I'm sure you have very little to worry about if you're young. But I don't know. It's just one of those scary things, very comparable to World War II. Okay, back to something a little bit more positive. I've been cleaning the shit out of this house because people make fun of me and say, Dave, you're a hoarder. And I'm really not. I just don't like to throw stuff away. And I'm not, I don't hold, hoard garbage. I hoard like magazines that I was interested in, like collectible magazines and, and old videos and old tapes of my show. Yes, tapes and souvenirs. I love souvenirs. Um, T-shirts. I found two boxes of like, you know, mail size, you know, those plastic mail bin boxes. I found two of those full of old radio station T-shirts that go back to when I was about 17 years old. And because radio stations crank out the T-shirts and they give them away. And I found a bunch and I got rid of all of them except for one. And that was the basketball shirt that I wore when I was about 18 years old when I worked at a radio station in Colorado Springs. And we had a basketball team called the Basket Cases. Clever. Think about this. You probably couldn't call anybody the Basket Cases now because that would hurt somebody's feelings. Well, you're making fun of people who are whatever. Uh, interesting that all these years later, you couldn't do something like that. But I threw all that away. My first turntable, I'm going to throw, nobody wants it. It's old technology. The one that I used to fantasize about getting a radio job and playing records on this turntable 
it's going. My first VCR, which I got when I was 22 years old and I financed it. It was the first thing that I ever financed in my life and I'm throwing it away because I, I'll be honest with you, I don't want my kids to ever have to go through this house and tear down and get rid of all the shit that Susan and I have collected. And a lot of it belongs to the kids Allison's toys, Carson's toys, their old Halloween costumes, their old projects. Um, if anything happens to us, at and and at some point we'll be gone. You know, hopefully it's forty years down the road or longer. But if um, uh, if anything did happen, the last thing that I would want them to deal with is go through our stuff. Boy, I'm getting a little bit deep and serious here. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. Um, uh, I'm going to go outside for a walk with my boy. In a little while here, then he's going to go off and he's going to, you know, practice drums or he's going to sit on YouTube or whatever he's going to do. Uh, and I just wanted to leave one thought with you. And I really think this is true. I really do believe this. Um, I believe that situations like this will bring out the good in good people. And I'm going to guess that to listen to a podcast like this, I can make one big assumption about you. You're a good person. Because I think that I like to put out a vibration of good. And while I'm not perfect, I like to put out a vibration of good and good vibes and love and hope and help and things like that. So I'm going to assume that situations like this will make you want to help people. Call a neighbor. Cheer up your sister who lives alone. Go shopping for somebody. Uh, donate money. Find somewhere online where you can volunteer online or do something to help, do good, donate blood. It will also bring out the bad in bad people. The same people who will hoard groceries, the same people who will use this as a chance to um, run scams, uh, have fake fundraisers, uh, who will take advantage of the weakness of other people to, uh, to do bad. And so just keep doing good. Do one small good thing every day. Like the Boy Scouts say, do a good turn daily. Do something that doesn't just do you good. Taking a walk does you good. Do something, call or text or start a game online with your lonely brother or your mom who maybe lives alone. Maybe you can't go see her, but you can start playing a Words with Friends game with her. You know, my daughter Allison and I have been playing Words with Friends. She's cooped up alone, and I feel terrible for her. This should be a very joyous time of her life. She's going to have a baby in July. And I know she's very worried. She's doing a good job of trying to, you know, alleviate those worries. And I hope that just by texting her a little bit more often and uh, by playing words with friends with her, she'll know that I love her and that I'm there for her and that it'll maybe take her mind off a little bit. So do something nice for somebody that is not really expecting it. Um, uh, and, and I will tell you this one. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I do appreciate it. I am on Intern John's podcast, so... He did an interview with me earlier today because he is it's, he, intern John is such a cool guy. If you don't know who he is, he was on our show from about 07 until about 2011. And I won't go into why I love intern John so much, but he's just such an impressive guy and so ambitious and uh, and just a really good kid. And I love giving him a hard time. Uh, he had me on his podcast today. He's doing a podcast every single day until this is over. So he's already like, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for people to be on his podcast and he had me on today. So 
Um, search in your podcast app, Intern John, or look on iHeartRadio for Intern John. I don't know what his podcast is called. Mine is based on my book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And you can find that online at Amazon. Uh, you can't go to well, you can go to bookstores. I don't know if they're open or not. But you can also get the Kindle version delivered right to your phone or your tablet, and you don't have to interact with anyone. And it might be a good read for you just while you're sitting around doing a lot of just distancing and hunkering down uh, during the next few X amount of period of time. Days, weeks, we don't know. Hey, thanks for listening. Send an email, since you got so much time on your hands, to me so I can have some more content for next week. Will you? Send it to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. And thanks once again for listening to this podcast called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. You take good care of yourself. Keep washing your hands. And I know they get dry. That's why there's lotion. My hands are so dry. They're so cracked. Oh, my God. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you.